This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. G'day, it's Lols here. First and foremost, I want to send mega love to Victorians, especially Melburnians that just found out a couple of hours ago because we're recording this on a Sunday. This episode comes out tomorrow, Monday morning. But a couple of hours ago, we found out that our Premier, Dan Andrews, was saying there's going to be about another three weeks of lockdown for Melburnians in stage four. And then it's a four-step process to get out of that. Now, Boss and I are in rural Victoria or regional Victoria. So uh, the, the rules seem a little bit um, muddy, like I want to get some clarity on them. So I'm going to do some deep diving tonight. But one of the most amazing things to come out of this lockdown was making the choice to continue this podcast, even though I couldn't see people in real life. And today's guest wouldn't have been on the podcast if it wasn't for lockdown. So I recorded this in Torquay. He he, the guest, Ben Milliken, who is an amazing actor, director and producer, recorded this from his home in LA. In fact, I think in one bit you'll hear of Mr Whippy Van go, go past. Um, but this guy's in, in a wonderful movie. Ben is the kind of like comic relief of a really sweet but confronting film. It's called The Mighty Oak and it's officially out now on Google Play, Apple TV, Amazon. We loved it. I know you're going to love it too. I just hope you get a little bit of insight from this wonderful creative soul and mega love, Victoria, thinking of you. We are totally going to get through this. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Ben Milliken, you're a fellow Aussie, aren't you? I am indeed. Are you in Los Angeles at the moment? I am. I am. I've been here for, since 2008, I've been here. Yeah, I, I've I've list, I've done my. I'm a Virgo, so I research okay. a bit OCD. So I've done right. a hunk of research on you. So I know you moved to LA when you were 22. Is that right? Yes, yes. I have. I actually, I was 22, and then I had my 23rd birthday here, like a couple of weeks after moving here. So, oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, good birthday yeah. celebration. Before, yeah, kinda. But well, before we get too into, because I really want to talk to you about Mighty Oak and yep. your acting career, you've produced, directed, you've done so much amazing stuff. First of all, how on earth is it going in LA at the moment? We're obviously in the middle of a pandemic. I know your wife has got a cafe. I imagine um, has stuff been affected. What's it like there at the moment? Um, well, it's it's been. It's been kind of gnarly, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, when it first hit, we were kind of in shock by the whole thing. And then, oh, like, oh, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Whoa, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like we're shutting everything down. We do have a coffee shop. Um, and that was majorly affected, like, right off the bat. You know, we had to close the doors. We had to figure out you know, how, how it's going to operate, how we're going to, how we're going to do this. Um, and, 
you know, it was just kind of really everything closed. I've never experienced anything like this in my entire life. Everything closing like that. We're in Victoria. I'm I'm in Torquay. I don't know if you know Torquay in Victoria. Kind of like the surf coast of Victoria. Yeah, you guys got pretty bad there for a while, huh? We're still in lockdown. We're yeah. in our third round of lockdown and we're talking stage four here, so curfews. It's pretty in, wow. it's, it's pretty gnarly. And the same thing is what the only things that are allowed to be open for us are essential needs. So, yeah. so many businesses have just shut down, like completely yeah. um, shut. Are you guys still in a kind of lockdown situation? No, we were in that for a while, but we're we're kind of now, you know, uh, restaurants are allowed to be open um, for outdoor dining. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a mask mandate. Everyone's got to wear a mask, face Same mask everywhere you go. Yeah. Um, no gatherings, no uh, bars and stuff are closed mm. um, and kind of like non-essential kind of businesses like, you know, you, you can't go get a tattoo right now. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you-, no, you know. <laughs> But I don't know if you'd want to. No, agreed. You know, it's kind of, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's so, a few of my friends live in LA and it's actually been so nice to connect with them, with me being in like Victoria because it sounds like the struggle has been, obviously the numbers are way higher in America, but um, just the effect, like the, the effect on lifestyle is, has been a little bit similar. And a few of my mates actors and they're like, lols, we're not shooting again till next year. Is the same thing happened for you? I mean, things are starting to open back up now. So I've seen a couple things start to kind of start shooting, but I don't think anything's really been happening here. I think most Actually, no. I know that um, I know that Bosch is going back in September. Mm-hmm. So that's one show that's going back in September. Um, and a couple things have kind of started to pick up again. But you know, we're talking, you know, getting a test every single day and, wow. and crazy social distancing. And and there's all these new guidelines. It's just they're taking it really seriously, and as they should. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me has been it's been so weird that at the amount of division in people that this thing has caused. Totally. It's yeah. been really, really, really crazy because it's all of a sudden this virus had got political. Mm-hmm. And, and <laughs> I don't know how. But it just turned into this big political thing. And then it's like, now it's like, it's a thing now. And you've got an election coming up as well. (sighs) This is going to be the first one I can actually vote in. Oh, wow. So are you a green card holder? Is that why? No, I'm I'm a citizen. I became a citizen. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I've been through the green card process. It is gnarly. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. But yeah, I got my passport um, a couple of years ago. So I'm. You're set. It's, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm all set. So good. Uh, yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned Bosch. Now, I have done a bit of research. You played a baddie, right? Carter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How I played was a baddie that? that it was so fun. Um, that show, it's, it's one of the best, one of the best, um, 
cop dramas I've I've seen. It's uh, it's so well done, and it's got this really cool kind of noir, nostalgic, mm. cinematic feel to the show. It's extremely well written, and um, everybody involved in that show is just they're just all stand up people. They are so cool, and the way that show runs is like. You know, you know when you you find like a group of people and you're like, this just really, really works. Everybody here is awesome. There's no ego. It's yes. just everybody's just all together just to make cool stuff. And that's that's exactly what they do on that show. Oh, so good. I've actually it was awesome. I've 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 listened to a few interviews with you, and and it sounds like you've worked on some pretty cool pros um, projects that have had. Very like being so differing in their experiences, like you're in South Africa shooting yeah. Blue Crush Two. Yeah, and like were you based there for three months? How did that go? I was there for three months. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was kind of it was a crazy shoot too because we started in Durban, right, and then we travelled basically all the way down the coast, uh, the Wild Coast, they call it, and. There's like literally nothing. There's there's people there in in living in mud huts still. Like it really? is, it is crazy. And to be driving down the highway, going to kind of the next place you're going to stay for like a couple of days or whatever, and seeing giraffes. Oh wow! It was nuts. Um, and then we ended up in Cape Town at the end of the shoot. And Cape Town's like it feels like a European city. Oh wow! So it was this. It was it's. There's such a huge contrast between the places over there, um, and uh, I. It was one of the most eye-opening experiences I've ever had too, because there was this one night we were shooting in um, one of the slums, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually I wasn't scheduled to shoot that night, but I I went down to set was just to you know. It's one of the things I do whenever I'm working. I like to just be on set anyway, just to, you always learn something new. You always learn something new. You always pick up something. So I I like to just be around it. Um, And so I went down and I met some of the happiest people I have ever met in my entire life. And they were the people that lived there. And they, it's, it's dirt roads. It's, it's, you know, one bathroom for every three blocks of people and they're mm. living in these little huts that they made out of, like, scraps that they found. And they were the happiest people I've ever met in my life. Like, their, their faces just lit up. And I was like, wow, this weird, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I know? bet super present as well. I've heard you speak to presence before on another podcast and Yes. Yeah. Well, do you know what right I think? There with you. What I think when you say to me surf movie South Africa, my brain goes great white shark. <laughs> yeah. I That's mean, what I think. Thank Sharks. God we saw none. Thank <laughs> God we saw none. But yeah. And is it true your first kind of like breakout role was a surf movie, an Australian surf movie called Newcastle? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That was actually my first ever job. That's so cool. I mean, and you were, you grew up Northern Beaches, you were kind of like a surfer, boxer, like the kind of Aussie, 
fit, healthy, beachy kind of guy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's exactly how I grew up. And, um, you know, I actually, one of my mates from acting class told me about this project because I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't one of the kids in school that, you know, was in drama class and was in all of that sort of stuff that was predestined to be the actor. Um, all I knew was that, you know, whenever there was a movie on or whenever there was a television show on that I, that I was drawn to it and just, I was obsessed with the fact that they could create, you know, an entire world Yeah, from scratch, from their imagination. And it's just for however long you could go to a different universe and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really is. And, yeah. and so that was, that was all I knew about it. And then after I finished high school, I, uh, I traveled around Europe for a couple months. And then um, I got back and I was like, wow, this is a really big world out there. And mm. you can kind of do anything you put your mind to it if you put your mind to it. Totally. And so I, okay, I'm going to find an acting class because I'll, I'll I would like to do that. And if I'd like to do that, then I got to figure out if I can actually do it and if I'm good at it. And so I found a class and, um, a year later, one of my mates in acting class said, Oh, there's this, there's this movie. They're auditioning for surfer characters. You should audition. And so I did. And then that was that. Amazing. Can you, I, um, I love the audition process for Mighty Oak because I think it was super, super quick for you, wasn't it? Was, it? it was so quick. <laughs> Can so, you share? <laughs> so, yeah. So I get a phone call from my agent saying, oh, there's this movie. They want to see a tape. And I said, sure, I'll do a tape. When's it due? I'm like, now. <laughs> So, oh, quick. Can you get it to us? Can you get it to us by the morning? I'm like, okay. Wow. It's 4 p.m. at this time. So I went to my acting coach, Tom Draper. Um, acting coach, a very close friend of mine also. Mm. Um, and we put the tape down at midnight that night. And then the next day at about nine o'clock, I got the I got the phone call saying, "Okay, the offer is coming through. You're going to San Diego." So, okay, cool. When do I go? They're like next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, amazing. All right, All right. So we're doing it. Can you talk a little about a little bit about Darby, your character? He was kind of like it felt like the comic relief of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, he was the comic relief, or is the comic relief of the whole movie. He's like, you know, because. The movie does deal with some of, you're dealing with grief and loss and death and, you know, there are some subjects in there that's that kind of a little bit heavy. Yeah. And um, Darby's there to kind of soften the blow a little bit. <laughs> he kind of just makes, he's the spoonful of sugar. Um, totally. But, you know, he's also... Aside from that, he's also kind of this character in the movie that just really wants everything to just work. I mean, all he wants to do is play music with this particular group of people all the time. Mm. So he's just like, okay, cool. 
okay, we got a 10 year old as a front man. Sure. Okay. Well, at least we're playing now. That's fine. You know? Yeah. He's, there's this very happy go lucky, like charm about Charlie. Yeah, he, just, he just wants to have fun and just wants to laugh. And, you know, there's very little that's important to him, but what is important to him is extremely important to him. Yeah. And it feels like he kind of wears that on his sleeve. Yeah. You know, which I love. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of really jealous of him in that perspective of just to be like, you know, there's a few things that matter and they really matter and the rest of it is just stuff. I think that's where I'm, that's kind of where I'm trying to, you know, steer my life towards in, in, at, at this moment in time. Yeah. So it's, it kind of playing that role kind of sparked something for me that, that was like, you know, Oh my, my dog's in the background. No, I love it. Valley. I love it. What's his name? <laughs> I have three. Oh, uh, wow. so I have a yeah. I have a blue healer nice. named Boo Boo. Nice. Yeah, and um, then I have two little ones. One of them's a Jack Russell Chihuahua. Okay. And one of them, one of them is a Chihuahua Italian Greyhound mix. Oh, that's a good mix. That's an interesting yeah, mix. It's an interesting mix. <laughs> Very interesting mix. Oh, but, you're um, speaking to an animal lover right now. So w- back to a Mighty Oak, was that, how long was the entire shoot for you and for your character? We shot for two weeks. That's all. Yeah, crazy. So the the turnaround for this movie was so fast from audition to the end of the movie and, yeah, two weeks. The, wow. the reason I think it worked so well is because of everybody involved. Yeah, the, the energy. Yeah, it was the it was the vibe was just perfect. Um from the moment we all sat down together at the very first table read, um we kind of just all looked around the table and we were just like, Okay, yeah, this is gonna work. This is mm. gonna work. Yeah, we, we there was like an instant bond. We really felt connected from the get go. And so that was um that was really nice because it's rare to come by that, you know, that fast and that organically. And it feels like what you were saying at the start as well, not too much ego. I feel like that's yeah, kind of there was a magic a, ingredient. <laughs> I think it really is because everybody gets out of their way. And you know, I mean, I've been on projects with plenty of ego, but mm. the ones that I've spoken about today, it's, that's, there's none. And it just, everybody kind of just gets, it's all about the work. Yeah. So good. It's about telling the story. and. Yeah. You know, that's why I live for that. I love that. I've heard an interview where you talk about like your initial, whenever you get a project, you have this like you almost honour the script first and you'll consume yeah. it and read it as an audience member. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's such a cool way to kind of, I because I imagine every actor's got so many different processes, but I like the idea of like honouring the writing first and then yeah. layering on you know, Ben's process, whatever that is. Yeah. I mean, I used to, whenever I used to get a, when I, you know, when I was younger, when I get a script, I would like, I would get it and read it and then kind of think to myself, okay, how can I be really cool in this and really interesting and be such a good like actor and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But then, um, as I kind of got a little older and, um, had been around a lot more experienced actors and, and 
being able to see them work and and also speaking to writers and storytellers. Mm. Um, I, I had learned, you know, the most important thing is the story. Yeah. And totally. It's first made. There's, I, I always think there's three versions of a film. There's the film that get, gets written, then there's the film that gets shot, and then there's the film that gets edited. Mm. But none of those things happen without the film that gets written. Of course. So, so the writing, right down to the final, you know, full stop, mm. is something to be honored because everything is there with a purpose. And so it's my job to find out what that purpose is first. And ultimately, the purpose is to do something for the audience. Because without yeah. an audience, no one watches a film. No, that we, we don't exist. We well, yeah, are providing a service, that, really. It's exactly. It's a. It's a product. It's you know. It's to do something for an audience to make them feel something, laugh. You know, have an idea, enlighten them on some kind of subject. So once you're able to find out what that purpose is, then you can start to figure out where what your job is in okay. that. Have you purpose. have you heard about um, Aaron Sorkin famously won't let one word be wrong on a like an actor needs to say word for word the script. Well, Aaron Sorkin is the man is a genius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is an absolute genius. I, I he does I the work for you. I oh feel my, like he does so oh much my of gosh. it. <laughs> I mean, I I can sit and literally watch uh, The West Wing. On repeat, all the way through, yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's what a brain! Phenomenal. Yeah. I just get the way that that those all of his projects and all of his things are written is just he's a, he's a genius. Genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like writing geniuses when they come along, they have this ability to touch anybody in it. Like it's yeah. it's like a, it's even like to go back to like Tennessee Williams times. That yeah. guy's heart touches anyone's heart. Like it's just, yes. It's yes, a, it just go, it just penetrates. Totally, like, I, you go. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to say, Aaron, watching an Aaron Sorkin film or listening or or an Aaron Sorkin show is like listening to a song. The yeah. his dialogue has like a melody to it. It's it's like music, and it just flows so oh, naturally. Really? It's be- It's beautiful. I love that you just mentioned melody and writing because I I study acting, and so we're at the moment okay studying a lot of Tennessee and he's all about melody. Like it's all yeah. melody, the way it's ho- the whole thing is written and and also studying a bit of Aaron Sorkin, you can feel that there's a rhythm. It's not yes. It's not just, it's very different. It's yes. but excitingly different. I, I got really excited when I saw on YouTube you'd done an interview from at Sundance for I think it's called Lake Alice. Oh, yeah. Um, can I ask, first of all, I watched the trailer to Lake Alice and I was like, oh my goodness, so, so scary. But being Aussie, Peter O'Brien yeah. was in it yeah. and awesome. Yeah, um, Peter's a legend. He's so oh, cool. so iconic Aussie too. Yeah, yeah. My question is actually though, like I think um, I, it's so easy to romanticise Sundance Festival. What's it really mm. like? Um, well, it's, 
I mean, so that Sundance experience was, I mean, it was an experience for me. And <laughs> I mean, so many things went wrong <laughs> during that trip. It was probably one of the most stressful um, and heartbreaking trips I've had. Um, you know, because we had, you know, we had just got the film ready. We did this movie for no money. Um, and, you know, it was the first thing I directed and well, the first feature length thing I directed mm -hmm. and, you know, then we get this kind of invitation to screen it at Sundance. I was like, oh, you've got to jump on this. And yeah, yeah I was like, I'm, I'm not ready. The movie's not ready yet, but we still have to jump on this because we might not get another opportunity. So we did. And then, leading up to it, it was a mad rush to get the film finished and scraping with every single kind of favors and anything we could. We get there and we get there without the film because they were still working on the final mix. Oh, so crazy. And they were like, okay, we're going to send it when we, <laughs> when we get there. When you get there and you'll have it for the day you're supposed to be screening. And so, okay, cool. Don't panic, Ben. <laughs> the day we're screening it, we, um, we get the movie and something had gone wrong in the mix and there were like chunks missing and oh. it was, it was, it wasn't finished. And it was, there was like, something had gone in the transfer or some kind of technical thing. I don't know what, but it, it wasn't ready. And I was just, oh no, this is a catastrophe. There's people showing up to a screening. There's all of this, all of that. And, and so we weren't able to actually show it. And um, yeah, it was heartbreaking. But, oh, wow. You know, but it, but it was, I mean, was fine we still we showed the trailer we did a little Q&A we had a couple of the cast members there and we kind of did whatever we could in order to kind of salvage something um and then you know after that after that we got home and then you know a couple days later the the issue was sorted and then oh. We had a finished, we had a finished movie. <laughs> so it was like, you know, that was one of the biggest, biggest things of one of my biggest kind of instances of maybe biting off a bit more than I could chew. I love the story though, because like, I'm, I didn't know you were going to tell that story and this yeah. podcast is about I mean, fearlessly just, failing. So I, I love it. I being honest. So no, I love it. Like, it. I really yeah. do. Is yeah, it as... So, is it as buzzy as it makes, like, because from what I understand yeah, it is. of Sundance, it is. yeah, and it kind of sets the tone for Hollywood for the next, like, kind of like the tone of the year almost. Is it that Yeah, important? kind of. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty important and it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the cold though, so I'm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so a true Californian now. But, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, regardless of that, no, it's it's pretty. The atmosphere when you're there is 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 pretty awesome. You know, mm. everybody who's got a film there is it's it's very kind of prestigious and it's very kind of 
you feel the buzz. Yeah. You know, oh. you, you feel it. And it's, it's pretty awesome and it's pretty cool to be around. Um, can I can I ask the difference because you you're an actor but you've also produced directed how, mm. like I feel like directors and actors kind of feel like they're kind of cut from the same kind of cloth whereas I think producing feels like a this is me as a consumer saying this it feels like a different yeah. hat is kind of worn um what would you say the differences are and and I know like acting as your passion and love. Um, but what do you like about directing? Because I imagine it's a completely different experience. It is a completely different experience. But what I really like about directing is being able to be there with actors. Yeah. That's the most, that's the best part of it for me because it's, um, I was able to, been able to actually be there with an actor and go through an experience with them and kind of see the scenes from a bird's eye view mm. and, and that kind of stuff. That's what I really enjoyed most about acting. I mean, directing, which made me realize how much I actually love acting. Because yeah, be, totally. Cause yeah. you know, cause that's where I would be all of the time. Um, but, and then as far as producing, you know, it is a different hat and, you know, there are so many different elements when it comes to producing, but luckily I don't really ever wear the two hats at once. Oh, I don't reckon you could. I feel like one is almost like left brain and one's right brain. Mm, I don't know how people um, actually act in something they're directing. Oh, Yeah. I imagine, that to yeah. me would be so hard. Yeah, I watched uh, Birds of Prey for the first time with Margot uh-huh. Robbie, and I think she had a huge role in the like. I don't know if it was producing credit or directing credit, but and she was the lead, and I was like, Man, yeah, imagine yeah. that. <laughs> You'd yeah. have to almost, I don't know, to be like it I almost think, like a dream. I think to produce, I think to produce um, would be a little easier than directing something you're acting in because when you're producing, you can kind of, you ha- part of your job is to delegate mm-hmm. and make sure every other person is doing their job. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, you can separate a little bit, but with, with, with directing, you've got to be in there at, in the moment yeah. twice, if that makes yeah. sense. So, totally. Yeah. <gasps> Crazy, but yeah. exciting. Um, yeah. So, so I heard an interview where you were, I, someone said, what's your dream gig? And you're like, well, an action movie would be amazing. Is it that would. what the dream gig would be for you? Or is it just more about, you've spoken earlier about kind of like the energy of the cast and the crew. Is it more important to kind of like get that combo right? I, th- I, think, I think, you know, there are so many you know, dream gigs out there. It's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of trying to say like, what is your favorite song? Right. You, yeah. You have, you can't answer that question because you have so many, but I think for me, it always would change as to where I am currently in my life as, as a human first. Mm. You know, so, and what then whatever story would kind of resonate with me at that time, 
that would make it the dream job. Mm. You know, it wouldn't be, you know, dependent on, you know, the size or the status of the movie or, or project or the paycheck or this, that, and the other. Although those things are nice. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is like the quality of the story that's being told. And totally. that doesn't mean necessarily that it has to be, you know, extremely important for the world. It totally. just means it just has to be good. And, and synergistic. To, and synergistic and, and you know, mean something to me at that at that moment. Totally. I love it. Now you're also a dad, aren't you? I you're am. a five year old. I saw the bluey themed birthday things on yes, your Instagram. We did a bluey themed <laughs> birthday. He loved bluey. <laughs> he, he loves bluey. It was it was so cool. <laughs> um how has being a father impacted you creatively as an artist and actor? Um I mean being a father impacts me in so many ways and in, in every way that could I could possibly imagine there's an impact from being a father. Um, mm. But I think from impacting me as uh, from an artist and, and, and from a creative standpoint, it's actually helped a lot. It's helped me like go back to you – because know, he – he plays, you know, and he imagines and he comes and, and when he's in those kinds of moments, whether he's, you know, a pirate that can scuba dive, <laughs> there's, there's a thing, there's such a thing now. Um, <laughs> whether he's that, he really believes it yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And he's, he's right there. Yeah. in that moment and he's so present with it and then when he asks me he's like dad come on now, now you you gotta be here it's, it's, it teaches me oh my gosh i'm like in 10 other different places yeah and just to take that kind of page out of his book and just be like boom mm. i'm right here in this moment, and I am also a pirate that can scuba dive. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a fam- yeah. there's a famous saying, uh, actors often don't like being on stage with kids or animals because kids and animals are so present. So present. Right, and it can show up, the so actors. So <laughs> present. It's, it's, we complicate ourselves so much. Yeah. By all of our own, bu- am I allowed to say shit? Yes, go for God. With go for all it. of our own bullshit. <laughs> and yeah. And we, we overcomplicate and muddy up things and we just, we just make things murky and buy our own crap mm. when being just like 100% present in that moment is there's nothing more amazing than that and beautiful than that. And, and that's one of the things that's really impacted me because I get to see that every single day. Yeah. And then I think and he's an not going to do anything. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane it, because he he will not come out of that moment. Yeah, for anything, his yeah. his concentration is 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 amazing because he's right there. Mm. What right. a gift! What a it's gift! Amazing. It's it really is. It really is so cool. Um, a fair few like young aspiring 
actors will be listening to this uh, and students, what advice would you have for people at the beginning of their training or the beginning of their acting career? Um, it would have to be the first thing that was said to me when I first got here by um, Tom Draper, my, my coach, and he's ice cream man. <laughs> I, love it. It. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. It's great. Oh my God. But we're in a <laughs> pandemic. No one's coming to you right now. <laughs> who, who is your target market? I'm, I'm so <laughs> curious. But um, anyway, um, yes, I think it would have to be the advice that I've had and stuck to throughout my entire career so far and will and forever. And it's a simple sentence is always make it about the work. Mm. Everything else will fall into place, but always make it about the work. And I think from that, it just stems into, if you have that mindset, you're constantly learning. You're constantly wanting to get better. You're constantly growing as a person and as an artist and you don't get caught up in in the crap that we start to think is so important. Totally. One of my teachers, because we've been obviously studying online with the pandemic, and one of them is an Aussie actor living in LA called Cody Fern, and he will drum into us. He's like, just do the work. Get out of your yeah. own way. Do the work. And I think one thing that a lot of people don't know about actors is the workload. Like people think, how do you remember lines? That's often the most common thing that people will say. And it's like, that's like the tip of the iceberg. What about all the work? It's the last thing. It's yeah, the last thing you think yeah, about. Yeah, The work ethic is at my school, they say you treat it like you're training for the Olympics. Yeah. Workload. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's hard though, you know, because it's, you're going after something that isn't tangible. Yeah. You know, to go... And you're you're kind of striving or working for a moment that you can't control. So I guess it is like training to run a race or training for you know a boxing match or training for something like that because you're you're doing everything that you can do to then step into an environment that isn't yours. Yeah. But you can only do what you can do in those moments. And so you have zero control over what's going to happen apart from the work you've done. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yes. Love it. Do the work, basically. Do the work. That's, <laughs> that's all it is. Do the work and whatever that entails. You totally. know? So my final question, what is next for you, Ben? What's next on the horizon? I know things probably feel like they're in a pause or hiatus at the moment. But a little this bit. Will end. <laughs> This will end. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a couple things up my sleeves. So I'm hoping that you know, we can start going back to work safely sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully things will start to calm down a bit and, and we can kind of get a handle on this so that, so that we can all, you know, do things again and get get back to a new version of life. I don't think things are going to go back to the way they were before, nor do I want them to. I think 
this has been the perfect kind of thing to birth a new kind of life and consciousness that we should all be striving for. It feels like a reset, a huge shake-up, but a reset and rebirth. It does, and I think it's 100% needed. Well, it was for me personally. It was really needed. This, this It's just a stop, shake-up, Ben, who are you? What are you doing in your life? Go do that. You know? Yeah, it makes you so clear on your values. Like it's a really good kind of like, it's almost like it just shakes up your compass a little bit so that you're back on there or you're on the, in I teach yoga and there's a word we call dharma and it's like dharma is your purpose. And so it's to get Mm -hmm. you back on that right dharma. and Yeah. So. Yeah. It's been totally. such a, a, an honor to have you on and I've loved Thank having this so chat. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. And if people want to see more of you, Mighty Oak is out now. It's available it is. on Apple. Is it Apple? What else? Amazon Prime? Yes, Amazon oh. Prime and Apple. I'm, I'm not sure what else in Australia. but um, I think they're the two big ones for Australia. They're the two big ones in Australia. Um, and I know over here it's you know, Google Play as well. And, um, so good. Yeah. Definitely so enjoy it. It's, Have a laugh, and it, it's it does fill you up with hope and yeah. positivity. It's a feel good at yeah. the end of it. Yes, it it confronts pain and uncomfortable situations that impact you for the rest of your life. But it it also gives you a sense of hope and gives you a sense of hope. And you know, the movie's good because it's 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 also it's it's being exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a good time for you and your family to sit down and watch a movie and, and get some joy out of this time. Totally. Ben Milliken, it's been an absolute joy to have you on this pod. Uh, I cannot wait so to see much. more of your magic in the future. Big Thank love. you so much. Well, we'll keep you posted. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lollaberry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate, and comment. And of course, spread the love. Mm-hmm.